Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. We're so glad you've joined us here at our uh, online campus. Uh, and this month in particular, because this is what we call big screen. Maybe this is your first Sunday watching with us. Uh, July is a month we spend a lot of time thinking about people who are not here yet. And uh, we're always excited to welcome new people, uh, particularly people maybe who uh, don't have a really high thought about church or not ever really been connected to church. And so really think about you guys who are maybe watching for the first time and are just trying to figure out church or Jesus or the whole thing. And so we have a whole series just based on some things that maybe make you a little more comfortable. That's big screen. That's what it's all about. Uh, and today uh, we're talking about our first movie in big screen. And that's a movie maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't seen. Uh, that's called Chicken Little. Uh, and you're thinking already, okay, Chicken Little. I, I kind of get the idea. Maybe you remember the movie. Maybe you remember the nursery rhyme or the kid's story. Either way, it's a familiar story. And I think it's a familiar story that kind of resonates where we're people are today because a lot of people are wondering, is the sky falling? Remember, that's what he said. The sky is falling. That's the warning he gave to people, uh, to the community around him. Uh, he began running around because he had been hit on the head and he just knew it was the sky that was falling. In the movie, uh, he issued the warning and the whole town goes nuts. People are scared to death. They're running around trying to figure out what to do next. He's yelling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. He takes them out to the oak tree uh, and he says, this is it. I can't find the peace. He's looking around for it. And then an acorn hits him. And of course, you remember, remember the story. Nobody then believes him at all because it had to just be an acorn. There are a lot of people wondering, though, what is going on in our world today, right? If it's not the coronavirus, it's something else. And you read headline after headline, and you're thinking, is our world going crazy? Or maybe the bigger question, is this just all coming to an end? That's what uh, Chicken Little believed. He would believe the world was about to collapse on itself because the sky was falling. And, and nobody believed him, and nobody heeded the warning that he gave. And maybe you're wondering, who is issuing warnings today? Is there something going on we're not aware of? And it begs the question, what if Chicken Little was right? What if the sky is falling or the world is ending? What if we know that? What if there's something we know that we just not have said yet because we're afraid, like much like Chicken Little, if we say it out loud, people are going to kind of scoff at us or make fun of us or just say, you're crazy, you're nuts. And so today we want to talk about that. In fact, this whole series this year in Big Screen is all about the world ending or the end of the world edition as we're calling it. It's our big idea today. And so we put it out there for you to think about, is the world ending? And maybe more importantly for you and I, as we're thinking about calendars and everything else, is it tomorrow? Is it, is it that close? Is it, is it going to happen that soon? And that's a, a big question for us. Today, we really want to tackle that idea, is the world ending? Yes, we're going to tell you it is. When? Is it tomorrow? I'm not sure that it's tomorrow. In fact, I'm kind of like you, hoping it's not tomorrow. The bigger thing we want you to get today is this, that Jesus is aware of these things. Jesus is in the middle of these things, and he wants us to be prepared. As we were thinking this week as communicators, we were in our meeting that we have every week and our lead pastor, Eddie, made a profound statement about this whole thing that maybe sums up our big idea better than anything else. So I'm gonna put it out here for you. And here's this quote, the sky is falling, but you don't have to get hit on the head. And I love that. Uh, you, you, you understand today as we're thinking through this that we're gonna tell you that the world is going to end, but you don't have to get hit on the head. You can be prepared for the end. 
And so let's talk about that today. We have a great text to look at. In fact, we're going to start today in Matthew 24 and pretty much spend our entire month looking at exactly what did Jesus say and what did, does he want us to know about the end of the world so that we don't get hit on the head and it's too late. So if you have a copy of God's word, certainly you want to turn there with me. That's Matthew 24. If you don't have a copy, we're going to put it on the screen here in just a second. Or, or if you're watching somewhere on your screen, you can't pull it up. Or you don't have a copy there. Maybe you have a phone. Whatever it is, uh, we're just going to look at four verses today. And we're going to spend some time just kind of unpacking those verses and give us a really good idea about what this whole idea of is the world ending. So let's look at the text today. We're going to put it up here for you to read as well. And this is what it says. As Jesus left, he's, he's been, uh, this is kind of the final days of his ministry, and he's preparing to leave Jerusalem once again. He's been in the temple uh, where they worshiped there. And as he's leaving, the Bible says he's going out of the temple. His disciples came up and called his attention to its buildings. He replied to them, do you see all these things? Truly, I tell you, not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, this is just a little bit later on, the disciples approached him privately and said, listen to this. They asked three questions. Tell us when will these things happen? What is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus replied to them, watch out that no one deceives you. This is a really important text. And what he does after this, after that warning, watch out that no one deceives you, is really what we're gonna be unpacking over the next few weeks. But I wanna really help you understand that when we ask this question, is the world ending and is it tomorrow, that it's extremely important for us to hear what Jesus has to say. The Bible is filled with all kinds of prophecy. Not everybody agrees about the interpretation of those. We understand that. In fact, some of you watching today, as soon as we start talking about this and say, hey, we're going to look at prophecy related to the end of times, you're already probably maybe a little nervous about that. And we understand that as well, because not even those prophecies does everybody agree. Scholars do agree that the passage we're going to be looking at in this series is a prophetic prophecy, and it is about the end of time or the end of the age. As we start talking about prophecy, though, we understand that there's a lot of stuff for people to try to figure out, and they're not all in agreement about what those things are. We like prophecy if it's been fulfilled and we know it was a prophecy. So for instance, if you go back and you look at the beginning of Matthew, there are things like this. All of these things happen, Matthew chapter one says, uh, all of these things happen in fulfillment of prophecy. See, as we go in the Bible and we go to the Old Testament, there were all these things that the Bible talks about things to come. And so things that were to come that have come those we can put a check mark by. And we say, okay, we get that. We understand that. That's easy for us. So maybe it's about Jesus being born. You know, he was going to be born in Bethlehem. He was going to be born uh, of a virgin. He was going to grow up in this way. He was going to, these things were going to happen. Even, even when it came time for his, his uh, sacrifice on a cross, we can go to the Old Testament and books like Psalms and Isaiah, and we can read those prophecies. And then we can check mark those in the New Testament and say, yep, that's exactly what happened. And so so that's a good prophecy. We like those prophecies. But what about when Jesus says the world is going to end and there are going to be some things that you need to be aware of at the end? Or maybe we go all the way to the end of the Bible, to the book of Revelation, which really makes a lot of people nervous. And we start reading those kind of prophecies and we like, well, hold on just a second. 
Do we really need to do that? Should we really be looking at that kind of stuff? Because we really get nervous and there's a lot of fear that comes in our hearts and minds as we start thinking about that. And, and we don't want to be a chicken little running around saying the sky is falling, but at the same time, we also are concerned that if the sky is falling, we want to know what it is. We're just, we, we just don't know. That's why we want to take the time to look at passages like this and see exactly what Jesus did say. Sure, there are going to be some challenges as we think about these prophecies because they haven't come to fulfillment in total yet. And because of that, there are challenges of when is this going to happen and how is that going to be and what is that going to look like and how is that going to play out? We understand all of that and we get that today because we recognize that those are challenges because all prophecy is prophecy until it's fulfilled and then it's fulfillment. And so it's easy on the backside of prophecy to say, oh yeah, 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 we get that now. We see exactly how that played out. On the front side of it, there's always speculation. There's always room for interpretation and, and confusion even for some people. And so we're very careful about that. But here is the truth. When it comes to what the Bible teaches and what the church has taught, the church has always been looking for, since Jesus spoke these words, for him to come back. He promised he would. He said he was. And he does give us signs to look for. The disciples asked for it. We're going to look at that in a second again. So if he promised that, what is our preparation? I love this statement. We also talked about this this past week. I'm not gonna put it on the screen, but I do wanna say this to you. The scriptures have been written in such a way, the Bible is written for us that believers in every generation, they've been looking for him to come back in their day. And that's specific for us as well. We're thinking about that even today. And we look around at the events happening in our world and we're saying, is it now? And the truth of the matter is, as we look at the Bible, it could be, but we don't know for sure. And so what we do need to see is what Jesus said to us, how he warned us and what he told us to be watching for so that we are prepared. And can I say this today? Maybe you're not a believer, then that's okay. Maybe you're not even sure that you believe anything about Jesus, much less something about the end of the world that's coming. Christianity is not the only religion that's talking about these things. In fact, as you look at world religions, the big ones like Christianity and maybe let's throw Islam out there and maybe even Buddhism, those religions also think about the end of the world and even teach about what the end of the world is going to look like from their point of view. Just take Buddhism, for example. They don't view time as linear. They see it as circular or a cycle. And right now, Buddhist monks are talking all over our world today about about a cycle, a major cycle potentially coming to an end and a reset for our world. Sounds like an end of the world kind of stuff, right? And so as people are thinking through these things of religions of all kinds, of people with no religion, we recognize something is going on. So what did Jesus say? Can we just take a minute today and just take those four verses and see what he said? Because I wanna make three statements to you today and then we're gonna be done. And it's gonna kind of set us up for the things that are ahead. We're not going to be chicken little today. We're not just going to run around and say the sky is falling and not have anything to back that up. So what do we back that up with? Well, first of all, we back it up with what Jesus himself said, and that is this. The world is going to end. He says that to us. Look again at verses one and two as we kind of unpack these just a little bit more today, because this is what he says. He says, as Jesus left and was going out of the temple... His disciples came and called his attention to its buildings. He replied to them, do you see all these things? 
Do you, do you see all this stuff that you're so proud of? He says, truly I tell you, not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. Jesus has, has finally kind of gotten through to the disciples that he's not there to set up his kingdom, that he's about to leave himself. In, in just a, a few days, he's gonna find his way uh, through a trial and, and then to a cross. And then he, he's gonna die on that cross and be buried. He, he will resurrect three days later. And then just days after that, he'll ascend back to heaven. So in these final days, he's finally kind of gotten everybody to understand, hey, listen, I'm not here to build a kingdom here. I'm building something much bigger and something much much more important. And so as we look at the text, Jesus is telling them once again that they need to be understanding what is taking place. As the disciples are leaving this beautiful temple compound and they're seeing all these beautiful buildings that were probably still at that time under some form of, of, of construction, they look around and say, Jesus, can't you be proud of this? Aren't, uh, don't you see just how beautiful, how magnificent this? This is something that we're so proud of maybe from a religious standpoint, but maybe even from a national standpoint, kind of a patriotic way. Look at, this is who we are. This is our symbol of, of who we are as Israel. Isn't this wonderful? And Jesus looks at that and says, everything you see built here, everything that you see is so important here, as amazing as this is, I'm just gonna tell you guys, there's a day coming where not one stone built on another is gonna be left standing. This whole complex that you're looking at, everything that you are so proud of is gonna be torn down. I don't know about you, but if I'm in that situation, I'm immediately kind of taken back because I'm thinking, there's no way. Look at this place. This is phenomenal. This is fantastic. And yet Jesus has just said to them, no, I'm telling you, it's not gonna happen. So as they walk out of the temple and Jesus makes his prediction, we wonder, does that happen? There's a prophetic word to that. And, and, and so here's a, a short-term prophecy for you because it would just be a matter of a few years later. In, in 70 AD, that a Roman general named Titus will come in with a massive army and he will overthrow Israel once and for all. And, and in doing that, he would seal them off and breach the walls. And before it's over with, he would tear down the entire complex, not one stone left on another. Many of you who are part of our church family have traveled with us at various times to Israel, or maybe some of you watching have been there as well. And if you've gone to that area, to that temple compound, and you've looked where they've excavated, what you find is stones scattered and rubble everywhere because what Jesus predicted, what he prophesied, has come true already. Well, let's read on a little bit more because as we think about this, there are questions obviously that uh, start coming up in their minds. Like, well, when is this gonna happen and, and why is this gonna happen? And, and, and I think that, the, that as disturbed as they are is maybe where many of you are today as you've read headlines and the little bit you know maybe about what does the Bible say or some other world religion, you're wondering how close is the end? Are, are we really that close to it? And so they leave that area and they make their way out of the city and they come back up onto the Mount of Olives, which is a mountain just outside the city walls. And they're residing there and resting there that night. And a group of the disciples, some of the disciples come to him privately and they ask three questions. And here's the heart of it. It's the second thing I want you to get today. And that is this, what are we looking for? 
You know, is it another headline? Is it another earthquake? Is it another natural disaster of some other kind? Is it a pandemic like the coronavirus? Is it the civil unrest and racial tensions we're dealing with in America? What is it that we're looking for? And that's exactly what we find here. Look at this. Let me read it to you again. This is verse number three, and we'll put it back on the screen again. It says this, while he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, tell us. And they asked three questions. Question one, when will these things happen. Specifically, they're talking about the temple. When is that temple going to fall? But then they expand it out. What is the sign of your coming? You keep saying you're leaving, but you're coming back. What is that sign? And then finally, the last question, what about the end of the age? Some Bibles use the word world here. What is the end of the world? Or what is the sign? What is, what is that going to look like? However you translate that out, they're saying, you're saying this is going to end. You're saying this isn't going to last when is that going to happen? Because we want to know. And I think that's a fair question, right? Nobody sitting or listening today cannot say that if, if someone knew the exact moment that this world was going to end, that you wouldn't want to know that information. That's just a natural instinct for us. Why? Because if you knew, there might be some thought that you could prepare or plan. Watch any Hollywood movie about some sort of apocalyptic moment in our world. It has nothing to do with anything religious, just the idea that something's going to be so turned upside down that the world is different, whether it's a, a new ice age or something else. In any of those movies, one of the things you find is that they were survivors because they prepared. But we're not told the exact times for these things. When is this going to happen? Jesus didn't say, I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's 70 AD. They had no idea. When they said, when are you coming back? He doesn't give them an answer. In fact, he says, I'm not sure when I'm coming back. When is the world going to end? He goes, that's not information I have. And we're going to see that in this text over the next few weeks. I don't know that, he says. I think this is a true statement for us. Check this out. This is, this is a true statement. It would be easy to handle anything if we knew everything. And I think that's true, but we don't have that information given to us. When you woke up this morning, there are things that have already happened in your day that were either expected or unexpected, pleasant or unpleasant, that you had no idea were going to happen. That happens to us every single day. We leave for work or we leave for school or some other place, and there are things that may or may not happen that will completely change our day in a moment. How many of you have gotten a phone call that you didn't expect that changed everything, whether it was from a doctor or someone else? Maybe it has something to do with the relationship you're in, and you thought everything was okay, but then just like that, it wasn't. Because we don't know everything. And because we don't know everything, we have to rely on other things to help us prepare for that. They're wanting direct, concrete answers. When are these things going to happen? We want to pull our calendars out. We want to get our, our, uh, our, our life planned around that. We want everything to work perfectly for us so that we know exactly when this is going to happen. And that's just not how it works. I remember when I got married, Don and I uh, were young when we got married, but just in a few years of our marriage, we began thinking, you know, uh, we've been married a couple of years. It would be great for us to start a family and, and have kids when we were young and, 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 and be able to enjoy all that part of it. And so we began to plan for a family and, and we just knew that we had figured all those things out enough that, that, that kids were just going to be part of our relationship right away. A year passed and then two years passed and then four years passed. And then doctor's visits and tests and other things began to be a norm. And then six years passed. 
And then eight years passed. And we had reached the point of saying, when? And we asked that question. I remember uh, Donna and I praying together multiple times late in the night where she was just broken, desperate to be a mom. And we would pray and say, God, when would you bless us with children? What, what is going to happen? When is this going to take place? And there was no answer. Or there was no time period on that doctor visits and doctor visits and this and that and more information and, and more uncertainty and more fear and more, more angst over when or if or ever would we have children of our own until finally nine years, nine years we were married. We got the news after some wonderful doctors and some help that we had medication wise. We found out that Donna was pregnant and we were overjoyed by that. Nine years is a long time in our world. And the uncertainty of that created lots of tension and stress, but it also deepened our faith that we didn't know anything. And we weren't prepared for when it happened or where, whether it would happen. We just had to trust someone more than ourselves. A lot of the end of the world stuff really comes down to that. The disciples are saying, hey, tell us what we should be looking for. Tell us when, tell us how this is gonna happen. Show us all these things and let us lay it out so we have all the information we need. And Jesus says, no, here's what I'll tell you. This is the third thing I want you to see today and we're gonna be done. And that is this, the simple answer he gives them, just watch. Look at the verse again where he says that. It was verse four. And this is what he says. Jesus replied to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Watch out. You, 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 you're wanting specific information, and I'm just telling you, just be alert. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Be aware of the things that are happening. Know what the truth is. Don't look to headlines. Look to something more. And over the next few weeks, that's what we're going to do. We're going to unpack chapter 24. We're going to look at this sermon that Jesus preaches to them about all these things. He is going to talk to them about some things they should be watching for, looking out for. He is going to show them that there are some things that they need to be aware of and be planning for, not with a calendar, but with faith. To see things through the lens that he has everything under control and that he can be trusted to carry them through. Whether he was coming back then within just a few years or now some 2,000 years later, he hasn't come back yet and the church is still waiting for that return. Watch, he says. I'm not gonna give you dates and times. I'm not gonna give you something that you can circle on a calendar or, or prepare for uh, with this is the day or hey, the week has finally come. I'm just gonna tell you to watch. Be ready. Because I am coming. And he made that promise to them. And he told them, yes, the world is going to end. But he told them all those things, not just to warn them, to terrify them or cause them to be overwhelmed with fear as they faced every day for the rest of their life. He told them that because here's what's so important. He wanted them to know that because of who he was, there was hope. Is the world a mess around us? Yeah. I mean, nobody's trying to sugarcoat that today. When we started 2020, no one would have seen that here we are July 5th and we're still quarantined and our economy's a mess and riots and protests in our streets and 
a world that is so on edge that we're frightened from day to day. What is the future? I've talked to parents over the last few weeks that are saying, what are my kids facing in their future? What, what do they have to look forward to? What is this world going to look like even later this year? It's, it's more than just the leisure stuff too. It's really about how are we going to survive in these uncertain days? And what does Jesus say? Watch. Don't be deceived by the things that are frightening to you or unsettling to you or that you don't know about. Just trust me more. It was and is the hope that he gave them that we still need today and that he's offering to you who are listening today. Even if you're not a believer today, he's saying to you, there is hope and there's still time for you to consider and think and come to some conclusions about not only who Jesus is, but who Jesus might need to be in your life because of the promises he makes and the hope that he's offering to you today. So I, I want you to see this and all the chaos that's in the world or maybe even in your personal world today, because some of you aren't thinking about the end of a big world. You're seeing your world, your personal world coming to an end. So don't miss this. It's really kind of our takeaway today. And that's this. Jesus gives a warning. He does. The world is going to end, but he offers hope. And he's offering hope to you today. Jesus cared enough that he didn't just say, hey, the world's gonna end and walk away. He cared enough that he says, yes, the world's gonna end. And let me tell you what to watch for. Let me give you some hope. Let me give you some, some things that you can start putting down in your life so that your life is settled and prepared and, and on track and, and in the right place for the days ahead. Let me show you some things he said that I can't give you a date and time on because I don't have that information, but I do know this. They are gonna happen. And if you'll trust me, I'll carry you through. The days may be tough. The world may uh, completely melt down around you, but if you'll trust me, it's gonna be okay. And that's really where we want to figure out our personal situation at today. It's not a big world picture that you need to see today. It's your world picture you need to see. Where are you in the midst of this chaos? Are you overwhelmed with fear? Are you struggling today to figure out what to do next or what makes sense anymore? Have you reached a point that it's not just fear, but you're angry because nothing is like it was the day before or six months ago. And you say things like, I just want things to go back to normal but I don't know what normal is. There's been a lot of stress on a lot of people. We've, we all feel it. Those stresses are either going to make you or break you. And we know, and we're not sugarcoating this, we know that some of you are pretty broken today. Things are crumbling and you're not sure what to do. Can I remind you that, yes, Jesus warned us the world was going to end, but he's also offering hope today. And he's offering that hope to you right where you're at. Maybe you're sitting in a car somewhere watching on your phone, or maybe you're sitting in your house by yourself because everybody else has gone somewhere else and you don't know what to do. Or maybe your whole family's gathered there and you're thinking, man, I'm so concerned about every person in this room with me, but I don't know what to do. Can I, can I just suggest to you that maybe the best thing you could do is trust Jesus more than anybody else. Trust him more than you trust yourself. 
Trust him more than you trust our government. Trust him more than you trust your best friend. Trust Jesus more. For some of you, that's not a new thing. It's just something you need to do more of. You would call yourself a follower of Jesus. You say you believe in him, but he's just not really been at the center of everything. We know this, that during this crisis and during this pandemic, that many people have turned back to faith and many people are reading their Bible. Some of you have been watching us online because you've been looking for those, uh, those answers and that hope that you're struggling to find in anything else. And so we love that idea that maybe your faith has been revived or reignited through the crisis. So trust him more. Let your faith become more than just something, but become your everything. We also know that there are probably some people watching today who've never made that decision about what they believe about Jesus or who Jesus is to them. So my challenge for you today isn't to trust him more, it's to just trust him, period. To give your life to him. See, the Bible says we're separated from him because of sin. We're all sinners. We're all separated. We all have a sin problem and that has divided us or moved us away from God, not towards God because God is holy. And he says that because of that, there is penalty on our life. We will be separated not just now, but forever in our sin if something doesn't change. And that change was Jesus coming to pay for that debt, that sin debt. He died on the cross for us. He was buried and he rose again. And if you're trying to figure out, can I trust him? Listen, he died for you. You specifically, whoever you are watching today, he died for you. And he did that because he didn't want you to be separated. And he did that because he knew he had issued a warning that unless you found hope in him, that warning was going to eat you alive and keep you separated. And so he says, I died for you. I rose again so that you could come to me and I can take your sin from you and give you new life, give you hope. I'll forgive your sin. And the promise I made to you is, yes, this world is gonna end, but if you'll trust me, I'll take you to a world that will never end, to a place called heaven. And so the offer for you today is to hear the warning, but receive the hope. You've never trusted Jesus. In just a second, there's going to be a box that's going to come up on your screen that says you're ready to take that step. And you're raising your hand today. Say, I want to invite Jesus in. And then if you'll check that box, yes, there's going to be an opportunity for you then to say you want to talk to somebody. We have a team of people right now ready to pray with you and answer questions and have a conversation, however long that takes. So that whatever fear, whatever chaos, or however your world is crumbling, Jesus can start helping you put it back together again. Why not take that step today? Why not find that hope? The world is ending. Jesus said it. He warned us. But he said you don't have to end it without hope. The world may crumble, but with Jesus, eternity is ahead. Take that step today. Turn from your sin and turn to the one who loved you so much that he died for you and gave you life eternal. I want to pray with you. And then we're going to worship, and you're going to have an opportunity.
to make some decisions. So Jesus, take these words today in this moment and use these things for your glory. Touch people's lives. Give them that hope that you promised to them. The world may be ending, Jesus, but not you. And we can trust you more and find life here and find life eternally with you in heaven. We pray this in your name. Amen.